AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, everybody. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. We have a good one for you today. I'm joined, of course, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine. Fitzy, how's the summer treating you, my friend? Uh, doing great, Boggs. I mean, does summer really start before training camps open? And uh, now that they're <laughs> fully open, man, the only thing is that, you know, that's great. But now every time I see a player named trending on Twitter, I'm uh, terrified that they <gasps> tore their ACL yeah. and uh, have to immediately check just to confirm that that's not the case. So, uh, Or they're holding out or holding in or they had an appendectomy. Know, right. Man. Like it, it's been a bunch of them. So yeah, far. you, you see that name. Pump. You see that name and you got to click it, man. You got to you got to f- find out what's going on or what people are talking about. So easy clicks are being had these days. And and I am 50 uh, percent of them. I know that. So uh, j- just clicking on everything today, we're going to be talking about the top dynasty storylines for training camp and the preseason. And we have an awesome guest, Chase Vernon, the director of content at and media management at Trophy Smack creator of Join Our Circle lead bet analyst at Roto Underworld and ranker for Dynasty Nerds, and of course, participating in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, as always here, Chase, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Find him on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. I love that handle. That is amazing. How is your summer treating you? And are you ready for the season to start here? I am so ready. I am absolutely ready for this summer to to kick off or for the season to kick off. And this summer has been nothing but a blast putting everything together over there with Trophy Smack, of course, Uh, Player Profiler and Roto Underworld have been absolutely insane as well. So, yeah, man, it's all been coming together and and really taking off. I'm excited. I'm ready to talk about uh, these uh, interesting uh, preseason storylines, too. Before we get to that, though, I got to tell you guys that we have a giveaway again this month. For our Traylon Burks autographed jersey we're doing right now, all you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros. Take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynastycontest. That's fantasypros.com slash dynastycontest. You are entered in to win. Do it as soon as possible because it ends at the end of the month, and that is rapidly approaching. So get that in as soon as you can. And like I said, check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasypros. This podcast is also available over there on our YouTube with all of our other podcasts, quick-hitting videos, live streams, everything from Fantasy Pros. Please subscribe if uh, subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out and click the bell to get notified of our latest content so you don't miss any of our stuff and things and podcasts. That would be awesome. So, Chase, let's start with you. Uh, what interests you in terms of Dynasty? When you look at this offseason, uh, you look going into training camp, what are the storylines that really grab your eye and you are excited to watch? 
I mean, I'm excited about a lot of these different storylines. Like, y'all asked me to pick three, and I'm like, are, are you kidding me? I like, know. I have to pick three that I have to talk <laughs> about? Like, We got to keep no? it in an hour. I would love to do a four-hour podcast and go over everyone. It, that probably wouldn't even be long enough. So, but we got to narrow it down. So honestly, I'm going to go with probably the best trade of the off season for all the parties involved. And that's going to be the, the Marquise Brown trade over there to Arizona from the Baltimore Ravens. And I want to talk about Arizona in particular, you know, we, we have Arizona who let Christian Kirk walk in free agency. They, they let chase Edmonds walk in free agency. And now they kind of have a dynamic without Deandre Hopkins as to where, what type of offense are they going to run? You know, are we going to see Ronda more kind of take the Christian Kirk role, play out of the slot, stretch the field? Is Marquise Brown just going to be the primary target over the first six weeks of the season, maybe even eight, 10 weeks of the season where he's going to see, I don't know, maybe a hundred targets in that span because that's how much they want to utilize him. And that's what they paid him to do. You know, what are we going to see when it comes to chase Edmonds and who's going to take that pass catching role out of the backfield? And when we have Kyler Murray, right, who was high school te- or I'm sorry, college teammates with Marquise Brown, they were hitting on all cylinders back in college. And then you saw Marquise Brown, who was a tremendous deep threat receiver, although he did deal with a few drops. If he was getting behind the defenders, which was almost every single snap that Lamar Jackson had time to throw and Lamar Jackson was able to deliver an accurate pass, Marquise Brown was making play after play after play. So now they have Kyler Murray who was actually one of the most accurate deep ball passers in the NFL. I believe for passes 20 yards or more, he actually had the most accurate downfield passes. uh, And he only played 13 games, which is the craziest part about that. In 13 games, he ended up having that level of success throwing deep downfield. Marquise Brown could be an absolute steal. But what if they want to use Marquise Brown close to the line of scrimmage? What if they want to get him the ball more often? Is this an opportunity for Rondell Moore to absolutely explode? you know, in terms of fantasy value and being able to to absolutely crush it down there. When he's given the opportunity, he's succeeded. The only thing is he just hasn't seen that opportunity yet. And I would like to know what's going to happen with that. I, I love this one. And uh, th- because this feeds into, uh, you know, uh, Pat versus myself in terms of Marquise Brown's value, but he also loves uh, Rondell Moore. So uh, when you look at dynasty ranks for this wide receiver core um, in terms of ECR 31 for Marquise Brown, 35 for Deandre Hopkins. So even though this is a passing air raid system that should give us, you know, great pass catchers, um, you know, people are kind of questionable because Hopkins is suspended. That's why he's a wide receiver three Uh, missing six games is a huge chunk. Plus he's getting a little bit uh, lean in terms of age there. Uh, Fitzy, your thoughts on Marquise Brown. And is this uh, one of your favorite storylines too? Just how good is this offense going to be? Who is going to step up in the absence of not just Hopkins, but also Christian Kirk is out the door. Chase Edmonds, like Chase mentioned, Uh, is this one of your favorites here? Yeah. um, So Chase makes some interesting points. Like is Hollywood Brown going to be used in that uh, vertical role? And we talked about this Boggs, like, and I kind of comped him to Deshaun Jackson, who's always been that vertical wide receiver. Um, You know, and I pointed out that Deshaun Jackson was actually, you know, his yards per target number was crazy for his career, 9.9. And uh, what Hollywood's is like 7.2 for his career so far. So, um, but Chase makes the point, like we have not seen, uh, you know, people are always belittling Cliff Kingsbury for his horizontal passing attack. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe Chase makes a pretty good point that we might see Hollywood used a lot closer to the line of scrimmage than we are used to. And, uh, you know, maybe that means a different sort of usage for Rondell Moore. So, yeah, I definitely am intrigued to see what this looks like. And um, Chase didn't even bring this up, but I mean, like, the Cardinals, a team that you would think would have no use for tight ends, all of a sudden has two fascinating guys. One yeah. at the tail end of his career, you know, Zach Ertz kind of no one is really trading for him in Dynasty unless they're loading up for a one year. You know, this is my title window. Get him now. But like everyone is excited about McBride's future, I think. But is that future going to be here in Arizona in this offense or, you know, is he going to just be kind of a, a you know, square peg in a round hole for his first few years in the league. 
I, I think if you're going to insult Cliff Kingsbury for anything, it should be his timeout usage. That's number one. Uh, n- not not the the deep passing, but uh, also, I mean, look, Marquise Brown, 91 catches last year, his first year over 90, but a big chunk of that was because the entire secondary got pummeled for Baltimore last year. They were letting up yards and yards and yards. They had to play point for point late in the game. The Ravens actually threw more passes last year than the Cardinals, which is just crazy to think of, but it's because they were losing uh, so late in all of those games because the secondary was so bad and so beat up that they had to pass, not to mention the fact that all the running backs got hurt last year as well. So Chase, I'm excited about this. And uh, you didn't even, even mention it. What are your thoughts on Trey McBride and his future? So this becomes extremely interesting because they do like to run, you know, these three wide receiver sets, you know, Pat brought it up, how, how they want to get downfield. They want this vertical attack to, to really help. And Trey McBride, McBride can get downfield to an extent. He can be that same type guy, but how many snaps is he really going to see? And for dynasty purposes, I'm all in like Zach Ertz has what, maybe two, three at the most valid years left. Now he couldn't end up playing spoiler to Trey McBride, but Trey McBride has the ability to, to kind of break that mold. So I'm excited for him. I, I think that we will see him flash this year, which will keep his value up, which is why I want to acquire him right now at his value, because I think it only goes up for here. We're talking about like the Irv Smith jr. Type of players who could have that, that full head of steam going into 2023. So I'm going to try and get him while I can right now. Uh, but in terms of like this year, I don't want to hold my hopes up too high because as long as Zach Ertz is healthy, uh, we're going to see Zach Ertz dominate the snaps for the most part. Uh, Fitz, your first subject here. I like that you have uh, this team in particular. So go ahead and lay it on us. What is your number one storyline that you're looking for in the preseason and uh, training camp and all that good stuff? So actually, uh, number one for me, Boggs, like there are a lot of fascinating teams. Uh, we're going to see, you know, the Lions on hard knocks, which should be kind of fun. Um, a lot of other ones, too. But I think number one for me, and, and this is not usually a team that uh, prompts a lot of intrigue in training camp, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 baby. Um, I am just fascinated by this team. And like, obviously, it starts with Zach Wilson. Like if he makes a major step. um. I think that's going to unlock a lot of value in this offense. And the offensive line isn't really an excuse anymore. Like the, the Jets have made some nice investments there. I think this is like a, an above average offensive line now. Um, you know, and, and last year was rocky, but we kind of expected a rocky rookie year for, for Zach Wilson. I think if he's ready to make a, a tier jump, we're going to know it, I think, in uh, training camp and the preseason. Like the the Drumbeat is going to build for him, and we're going to see some, you know, hopefully some good preseason showings. If he's not, if he's kind of uneven in training camp again, uh, you wonder if the the Jets might have to go in another direction and and sort of rethink the quarterback position. But man, I mean, the rest of it, like it was easy to to make Brees Hall the one on one in rookie drafts. Uh, I've got him like one oh six at running back overall now, and. Like if Wilson can make this offense go, I I think like, you know, he could just become this immensely valuable dynasty commodity. And then I've also got uh, both Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson as top 20 assets at receiver. So um, a lot of potential dynasty value on this roster. They just need Zach Wilson to make it happen. Yeah, uh, Chase, like like, uh, Fitzy says, I mean, Zach Wilson is going to be the the key to making this offense unlock and live up to that potential right now. His ECR among quarterbacks is 20, but Brees Hall is already an RB1 on Dynasty ECR at RB12. Uh, Both of these guys uh, are uh, are wide receiver twos from Moore, wide receiver 21, Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver 22. And I mean, there's just a lot of value to be had. CJ Uzama adds a threat to the receiving game from the tight end spot. Brees Hall can catch it out of the backfield. Michael Carter as a two is much better than as a number one. Uh, And if you look at this offensive line, you know, I hate to keep gushing about the Jets, but PFF, Noah Fant, uh, every single one ranks higher than uh, a 65 grade and all of them are in the uh, top half of their position. Uh, McGovern at center ranked nine. Uh, Fant ranked 39 out of 83 tackles. Uh, Becton was, didn't, uh, wasn't eligible, but Tomlinson was the uh, top 
13 guard. And so was Vera Tucker out of 82 guards ranked. So like Pat said, the entire offensive line above average, at least according to PFF, I know that's controversial. A lot of people don't like their, their numbers, but a lot of people live by them. Uh, but uh, everything looks good for this Jets offense to potentially explode. Are you buying in at all in terms of dynasty? God, do I want to buy in? We talk about a guy that had an awesome <laughs> summer, right? Like we're talking about how great our summers were to, to start out. Zach Wilson had an epic summer. He's got that epic... dog in him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it doesn't always translate though to, to the season, right? You could have as yeah. amazing summers as you want, but up until you're actually playing the sport at, at full speed and you know, you're, you're reading these plays, you're getting the, the coaching style down and, and what the coaches want to execute. Yeah. I got to be on the same page and everything has to translate. So as much as I want to buy into the jets, I don't want to go and sell every asset to try to keep up with it. I mean, this is a team first off that's taking the Kyle Shanahan type approach where they want to build through the run, right? They, they want to run the ball. They want to grind out. They want to get super efficient with their passing. You know, we saw, was it Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, and I believe it was Nick Mullins in 2019, 2020 lead the league in deep ball completion percentage. So, and that was all into the same exact system that we saw got brought over to the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, who I believe led the league in, in, or I'm sorry, led college in completion rate for passes of 30 yards or more in 2020, ended up uh, struggling last year. Like he he struggled with his reads, he struggled with the the blitz and the offensive line, which you know we're talking about is significantly better. But he still needs to get better as a player and uh, you know as, as a quarterback making these reads. So as much as I want to buy into this offense, I think the only guys that I'm willing to buy into right now are going to be some of the cheaper assets. Uh, Corey Davis, if you're on a contending team and you want to try and grab a guy, I mean, Zach Wilson showed tremendous chemistry with Corey Davis. Uh, Elijah Moore could end up being undervalued if he can give us that stretch, that small sample size that we saw last yeah. year in the middle of the season. I believe like he was like wide receiver one. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, wide receiver two, whatever it was. I mean, like th it's there. And it's really, really close. And maybe I'm going to end up missing the train on this one. You know, sometimes you do if, if you don't want to go all in on it. But it just seems risky trying to rely on a quarterback who just, I mean, he did not show us anything until like week 16 or week 17, week 18 last year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm uh, Zach Wilson is the key. I, I'm. I got to buy though. I got to buy one of the whiteouts and yeah. Brees Hall. I don't know that I have him as high as Fitz has him. I'm not putting him in the top six yet, but he definitely has the talent and he has carried the load of Iowa state. He was their entire offense. They knew it was coming. They knew they were getting Brees Hall and they still couldn't stop him. Uh, you know, just a dominant college player. So seeing if he can translate that to the NFL is exciting too. But I think, um, I mean, I'm already Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver on this team. I think he is the best wide receiver on this team today. And uh, I think Elijah Moore is very good. And I'm extremely disappointed by what we've got out of Corey Davis in his NFL career. But it is promising that, uh, you know, look that he had with Zach Wilson last year. So hopefully uh, he can pick it up. Uh, the one the one that go ahead. I mean, like Corey Davis, right? Like, what are you going to get for Corey Davis? Like a fourth round pick, maybe? Yeah, I mean, in Dynasty, he's like cheap. He's pretty much free to an extent. I mean, you could wait till he gets cut possibly, but I mean, he's going to have a higher chance of hitting than a fourth round pick or a late third round pick in most cases. So why not just take the chance if you're a contender? I mean, if you're a contender, you're going to be sitting there, what, 310, 311, 312? Dude, just send it. Send it all so, in and go for the win. So let me ask you this. Uh, Corey Davis or Tolbert? Ooh, that's a good one. All right, I'm going to take Jalen Tolbert in this one okay. just because of the early season. If reports start coming out that Michael Gallup is going to be ready sooner rather than later, I could pump the brakes on Tolbert. But this is still an offense that even though they run the ball a ton, they still run a ton of plays. They're still in scoring opportunities a whole bunch. They're in a bad division. All it's going to take is a 30-yard you know, pass to Tolbert down the sideline off blown coverage, and that's going to make the week. Corey Davis, we don't know if they're going to be able to move the wall. So he – he's going to have to have six receptions for, you know, 60 yards in order to be relevant, you know, or at least five receptions for, for 40 ish yards to get the same sort of thing that all you need is one pass from Tolbert in a scoring opportunity. Plus Tolbert, although he seems like he's like 30 years old at the point, you know, is still <laughs> uh, a younger version of Corey Davis who we haven't seen perform yet. So uh, Tolbert, sure. But Tolbert wasn't going, I don't think in the late third this year, he was more towards the, the late second, yeah. early third. So if I could have Corey Davis at a later point, I think I'd take Corey Davis, uh, you know, at his value over okay. Tolbert. Let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs here. Um, uh, that th this is going to be mine. And look, I, I 
talked about it. I feel like every single show I've hit it on the head, but I feel like at some point everyone to me is coming out of value in the chiefs offense because it's all around Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes probably going at cost, right? Where he should go, but everybody else is cheap. Juju for dynasty is wide receiver 39. Sky Moore is his ECR is 43. So not even a wide receiver three, either one of these guys. I know Kelsey should be the leading uh, target receiver uh, for uh, the chiefs here, but these guys are going to be productive. One of them is going to be, I think majorly productive. It kind of is what team are you on? Are you team Juju or team Sky Moore? I'm a Juju guy. I know a lot of people are more Sky Moore, but they could both hold great value. MVS is going to wide receiver 67. Miko Hardman, is his love dead? He's at wide receiver 80 in a standard dynasty draft. He's not getting drafted. He's on the wire. Uh, so, I mean, now that Josh Gordon is off of everyone's radar, does he come back and make some impact now that we're not testing for marijuana, right? So it didn't last year. I think that's probably the biggest stretch of all of them. But, but Chase, uh, I mean, someone in Kansas City is going to have to be catching passes here and I, I'm all in on team Juju. I love Sky more too, especially in Dynasty. I think his value is underrated. I think it may be a little overrated in terms of redraft, but uh someone here is in terms of wide receivers has is going to make a significant impact, right? Who's it going to be in your opinion? Well, we know that Ronald Jones is not going to be catching passes, so we can go ahead and scratch him off the <laughs> list. But, I mean, like, oh, my God. It could even be Noah Gray for all we know. We, we don't sure. really know what this Chiefs offense is going to look like rolling out. I'm assuming Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be in the slot. Sky Moore is going to play one side. We're going to have MVS on the other side. Uh, Miko Hardman would probably slot in and out with Sky Moore to an extent on certain plays that might be a little bit more advanced. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know how you can sit there and not have Juju Smith-Schuster uh, inside of your, your wide receiver threes. It is so absurd to me. I mean, even when he wasn't efficient, right? Even when he was getting three to four-yard yeah. dump-offs because Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw any farther than three or four yards down the field. I mean, we're talking about Mahomes, who is creative as hell, who Juju Smith-Schuster is still a good wide receiver, regardless of what type of offense he's in. I mean, it just blows my mind. Like I am so frustrated, like just shaking people being like, what <laughs> are you doing? Pushing them back this far. I'm, you know what? Let them do it. I will take it everywhere I possibly can. And then when it comes to trying to acquire him, if I'm he's a contender, cheap. dude, late second round pick, if I'm a contender, send it to me all day. I, I saw a, a trade the other day. It was Michael Carter for Juju Smith Schuster. I'll take that all freaking day. Like that's gold for me. I'd much rather have a wide receiver who has a chance to finish wide receiver one than Michael Carter, who doesn't even see targets when Zach Wilson is playing quarterback. So, I mean, even if Brees Hall were to get hurt, Michael Carter is probably going to still be a mid wide or mid running back too. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, if he sees 150 targets, could easily, easily, easily be a wide receiver one in this dynamic offense. Give me that all day long. Uh, well, Chase and I are about to go do karate in the garage because we just became best Let's friends. Let's go. So, uh, I, I'm I'm pumped about this. Uh, I, I'm obviously the Juju Stan uh, for redraft. I have him at 19. I believe I'm one of the highest rankers uh, in ECR and him in both Dynasty and uh, on um, uh, redraft here fits. So I, I think the point is because you and I have hit this ad nauseum, right? Everyone knows our thought our thoughts on this, but you got to get a piece of this offense. If, even if you don't believe in Juju, go get Sky more because he, this is the cheapest he will probably be, right? Same thing for Juju. This is the cheapest he's going to be. If someone breaks out here, they're going to be wildly expensive next season. So even if you don't like this situation, if you can pay cheap, for Juju or Sky Moore this year, then they're going to hold a crazy value next year. You can pedal them off. And, and you know, this is uh, the old game we you used to do in middle school, right? Where you start off with like a, a, a paperclip and see what you can barter up to. And you can go get yourself a washing machine, right, Fitz? I mean, uh, you just have to have a piece of it, I feel like, right? I think so. And it will be interesting to see if the, the buzz builds for Sky Moore in training camp after, you know, he was on the shelf with a hamstring injury and OTAs. Um, Juju, like we've heard the Juju slander in some quarters. I know that, uh, you know, a few months ago I was on a, a, a live stream with uh, Chase and a friend of the show, Shane Manila and Jacob Sanderson. And 
Jacob just outright slander of Juju. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys on that show rush into Juju's defense. <laughs> um, so, like, I know some people have, have used the contracting as maybe evidence that, uh, you know, Juju is not that highly thought of. Like, if he was going to be, you know, if, if he still had great potential, why was he not more highly sought after in free agency? Why did he have to settle for a pretty modest contract? But, I mean, the Chiefs chased him two years. The Chiefs wanted him in 2021, and, and they circled back and wanted him again. And supposedly, Andy Reid thinks really highly of him. Uh, I have no doubt he's going to be prominently involved in this offense. Like, I just don't see any way that he, um, you know, disappoints. I, I just, like, don't see that happening at all. So, yeah, I'm I'm really interested in uh, the values in this group. From your lips to God ears, Fitz, I'm ready for it. Go ahead, Chase. So I, I just sent a tweet in our private chat back here, but I mean, Nick Jacobs, who covers the Chiefs, he's been at the Chiefs practice for the, for the past two days. He's sitting there saying, man, the, the film does not do this justice. Sky Moore is ready to explode in this offense pretty much. So, I mean, yeah. he, Pat brought up the hype. The hype is already starting, baby. We Let's expect build the hype, it. right? We expect the hype. But Let's build the buzz on this podcast, man. Starting. That's right. It should be. I mean, like I said, even if you don't like Juju, then get Sky more like because they're going to be more expensive next year. Like just imagine if both of them click and this offense is just easy. You know, I mean, uh, that's it's just a scary thought to have. So before we go to the next next subject here, I got to tell you guys about reality sports online. And by now, most of you have probably heard of reality sports online, the powerful fantasy platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. I think it sounds complicated. It's not the best thing about reality sports online fantasy for an office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite. Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure you can test your general manager skills for free FRWE in a mock free agency auction today. If you like what you see, use promo code fantasy pros to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at reality sports online.com. All right, Chase, what is the number two uh, most sought after uh, storyline from the preseason and training camp for you? All right, so this one is tough because I think it's going to get you know ugly before it actually starts to clean itself up. Uh, Carson Wentz over there for Washington is is joining the team, and it's been what twenty years outside of Kirk Cousins since they had a consistent winning quarterback, and then they let him walk. You know, Washington's been trying to piece together this this quarterback room, and it just has not been working. Uh, this whole thing just kind of st- stinks of Dan Snyder versus the front office i mean it just something's not right like the the whole front office doesn't do stuff like this they don't freak out and go trade for a quarterback too early i think pressure was being put on they're like let's go grab Wentz. snyder has nightmares of, of Wentz beating him in the past and you know throwing what was it like a six touchdown game or five touchdown game uh, back a few years ago so this feels like more of a dan snyder type move and so dan snyder's going to try and force the hand now carson Wentz sure like what mid uh, quarterback two range most likely in terms of fantasy assets so it's not even about him it's about which assets he's going to use and up until last year i don't believe he actually had a a wide receiver lead the team in receiving or receptions i believe it was tight ends and running backs going back to his days with philadelphia i think michael Pittman was the leader this past year but um that was his first year to have a wide receiver over there i just want to know what angle he's going to take because, you know, we have Logan Thomas, right. Who's been injured this entire time. Uh, No other reports have come out about any of these tight ends kind of separating themselves. Then we, they brought in um, Jahan Dotson who, you know, he's a a deep receiver, but he feels like a reach, you know, not the the biggest, most physical guy, but maybe he does have some Deshaun Jackson esque type skills. I mean, it, it just seems super kind of sketchy as to which one you invest in outside of Terry McLaurin. I mean, they're all going late. So that's a good thing, right? They're all their values are, are pretty low overall. Jahan Dotson's what mid second round or so in rookie drafts. Uh, meanwhile, nobody else really has any kind of draft capital or trade capital in terms of, of value. 
So I think you can take some shots on these guys, but which ones do you want to take shots on? How are they going to use Curtis Samuel moving forward? Are they going to use Jahan Dotson in the slots? Like, even if you do see a uh, a way to them actually seeing value, their usage, I think, is going to be key as to like when you can actually play them. Because if Jahan Dotson ends up playing on the outside, that means Deami Brown is gone most likely or won't have any relevance. But then Jahan Dotson's value all of a sudden is, is week to week uh, in terms of consistency. It, it, it's just... It's not going to be an easy team to play, even if you end up do getting one of these guys cheap. So I kind of want to see how they're used in the offseason because I feel much more comfortable with Jahan Dotson in the slot, Deami Brown on the outside, you know, having one of these these tight ends kind of step up. And then the biggest part is what's going to happen with Antonio Gibson? Is he going to step up and be able to catch passes as well? Or are they going to end up using Jaden McKissick after stealing him back from the Bills? Uh, I, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here just to, uh, put some points on here. Uh, Carson Wentz, ECR 29 in quarterbacks. He's below Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, <laughs> Winston Pickett, Tannehill, like, like some, some questionable guys, uh, in there for sure. Um, and, and then when you look at the wide receivers right now, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, ECR is 17. So a high end wide receiver too. Uh, but Jahan Dotson, 46 b- below. I mean, th- there's some good names here. He's below Sky Moore, Claypool, Lockett, Renfro, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas. A lot of guys you've uh, seen do it before. But I mean, this and this is why I like taking wide receivers late, particularly in Dynasty, because there are so many good ones that could blossom. Uh, versus running backs where your pool is somewhat limited. But it, it's also kind of the same thing for me in terms of Washington too, Chase. I'm a uh, Brian Robinson guy through and through. Uh, every single uh, Alabama running back since the Nick Saban era, our, our guy, our boss man, Matt Friedman, has tweeted this out multiple times. Every single Washington running back drafted in the top 100 has had every single Alabama running back, excuse me, uh, drafted in the top 100 since Dick Saban took over at Alabama has had a thousand yard season. And, and Brian Robinson was in the 90s, not in the 100. So we're ready to see him uh, step up and take a big role. Uh, you could put Antonio Gibson in the slot if you wanted, because he played more wide receiver at Memphis than he did running back. Uh, Dotson is here. Diami Brown, I thought was pretty good at North Carolina. He's done nothing, but it's all, this is kind of like, this would be the Kmart version of the New York Jets, right, Fitz? I mean, this is like, uh, you know, everyone's a little bit less, maybe. I mean, McCorn would be the best wide receiver out of the entire group, but Everything else is a little bit worse for Washington, in particular uh, at, at Carson Wentz. So it's kind of, do you believe in Carson Wentz feeding this machine that could be a decent offense in Washington if he plays well? Yeah, um, Chase has you know confronted with me with the uncomfortable reality that Carson Wentz has not really created a lot of value for his wide receivers in recent years. This is tough on me because I'm a Jahan Dotson advocate. <laughs> uh, love the guy's game. You know, think he's a, a playmaker and and Fitz gonna, watches a lot of big 10 football i do so. watch a lot of big 10 football <laughs> um so yeah i i like Jahan dotson but you know realistically the chances of him making a big splash with carson wentz as his quarterback in year one are probably not all that great and uh you know we'll see how terry mclaurin does with him i i know some people are hoping that mclaurin finally puts it all together he's teased at like a, a great wide receiver one season but we haven't quite gotten it yet and um you know, same with some of the pass catchers. I mean, we, we like I've objected to the non-usage of Antonio Gibson in the passing game as this guy who's a former college receiver and is, you know, built like Jonathan Taylor and runs like Jonathan Taylor. Um, Wentz has not really dumped off to his backs that much in uh, historically. So, man, yeah, um, <laughs> this is kind of putting a pin on any enthusiasm I might have had for the Washington guys. Well, I tell you what, in terms of dynasty, what you can do potentially, and and maybe this is a point you're getting to chase buy these assets loan now. And when they have Will Levis or Bryce Young or, or whoever CJ Stroud as their quarterback next year, then you can go pick them up. And, uh, you, you know, once again, you, you buy them low and sell them high, you know, uh, I, I think that it's a potential, uh, is that a strategy you would do chase or, or you, uh, maybe avoiding them just because you don't know how long this Carson Wentz thing is going to last because Snyder. That's just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one point is like, how long is Carson Wentz going to last? If he does stay healthy, you know, how long is Washington to stay mediocre? Because that's what they're really, really good at is, is staying mediocre for the most part, right? When they need a quarterback, <laughs> they're mediocre. Like the next year, it's like, all they need is a quarterback to do it. And then 
they go and, and get a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith. There's somebody that that's, you know, either slightly above average or mediocre, and it doesn't really help improve the team because the egos of the coaching staff in the front office think that they can make it work. Um, more so what I'm leading to do is, is I want to buy a, on a rebuilding team primarily or a competitive competing team. I want to buy Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson, when he was able to play in the pass catching role, I believe he had like four out of his six matchups were running back ones. And then the t- one of the two that weren't running back ones was still a running back two. Uh, he had one bad game in that entire spree. So he is, he does have wider or running back one potential, excuse me. However, what I kind of want to do with rebuilding teams here is I want to try and acquire Dami Brown super cheap. I mean, he might even be on your waivers at this point, but you know, maybe some fab fifth round pick something on those lines. But I want to, I want to also draft Sam Howell or pick him up off waiver wires. Sam Howell and Dami Brown had that connection as you brought up, uh, you know, back with, in their college days and they played really, really well together. Uh, this is something as to where Taylor Hineke can't stay healthy, right? We have, uh, Carson Wentz who can't stay healthy and you have Sam Howe's rookie who likes to run so if this offense can somewhat tailor it to what they had with the Cam Newton style offense where they do call a lot or much more rushing plays for the quarterback position and they utilize Sam Howe and his mobility uh, plus Sam Howe can end up using that to pull safeties in leaving Deami Brown one-on-one deep we already know that he has faith that Deami Brown will be there I mean we could see this duo kind of connect and take it to the next level now I know that's a long shot but we're talking about rebuilding teams that don't have a ton of assets so I took over an or- orphan team recently that didn't have any picks for the next like three years and the whole oh. roster was trash I, I did yeah. it for a friend of mine um, and that was one of the strategies that I went with was I ended up grabbing um, John Dotson. I, I took Deami Brown. I traded for Antonio Gibson while I could. And then I picked up Sam Howe off, off waivers because nobody else wanted him. And I mean, it, this offense is ugly, but if Sam Howe works great, if not, then we are looking at, you know, the Bryce Young show. So, I mean, either way, it, it's kind of a win-win to an extent. It didn't really cost you much. You're the Washington rebuilds is what that team That's is. Exactly uh, what that is. <laughs> You're taking uh, shots, right? You're taking shots. Yeah. You got to take shots, man. That's the way to, you do rebuild fast. If you can uh, a little more difficult in, uh, you know, football than it is in other sports to rebuild uh, because people don't want to part with their stars once they become stars, but it's a falling knife. You hold on for them too long and then they're giving you absolutely nothing. Uh, Fitz, what is your second, uh, storyline from the preseason and training camp that you want to go over here i'll tell you in just a second bugs but i i have to comment on you uh bringing up the quarterback who puts mayonnaise in his coffee will levis <laughs> yeah. you guys see that yeah he put, yeah he puts mayonnaise in his coffee and not a small amount of mayonnaise either it was uh, a decent amount yeah it was more than a spoonful for did sure did he mix it up was it was it supposed to be butter and then he actually it was mixed up no no it's 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 <laughs> weird stuff that he does to be weird, I feel like. So Yeah, can you trust uh, that guy? I, I don't know. I guess if, you know, like <laughs> people kind of get on Patrick Mahomes' case because he puts ketchup on steak. But to me, mayonnaise and coffee is... Uh, I mean, know, they're I'm both not... egregious. I, I think mayonnaise and coffee is grosser than ketchup on steak. But you eat a steak and you ruin it with... I don't like ketchup on a burger. I feel like it ruins a burger. So uh, I'm just not a ketchup guy. Uh, but putting it on a steak is... I'm also a Texan, so that is complete blasphemy to me. So uh, I'll, not, I'll bring it full circle and say that mayonnaise on a burger is underrated. So um, it, 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 Not bad. Uh, I'll say that. I'm not a big mayo guy, but not bad. Uh, better than ketchup <laughs> on a burger. That's what I would say. So, uh, But I prefer the Whataburger style, you know, uh, mustard on So. Uh, that's what I prefer. But uh, Fitzy, what else are we talking about in terms of dynasty storylines here? All right. If I'm going to talk about the Jets, I can't leave the other New York team out. <laughs> um, the Dable effect. Like, I want to see what Brian Dable can do to this offense that, you know, so sputtered last year under the guidance of Jason Garrett and uh, Freddie Kitchens. Um, you know, so many questions here. Like, can Daniel Jones value be saved? for dynasty uh is saquon still special because like his dynasty value is kind of teetering on the brink right now uh is Kadarius tony in fact a, a star in waiting or is he going to be one of these guys who's just constantly hurt a la percy harvin and we never really see what he can do um you know how good can wandell robinson be boggs we talked about the precedent of wide receivers five nine or, or shorter like the hit rate is very small for these smaller guys so um you know but Wandale is a, a buzzy dude 
Um, does Kenny Galladay still have any value? Can uh, Daniel Bellinger have any year one impact? And is he a, a you know dynasty tight end worth acquiring? So so much here. Uh, can Dable turn around this offense? We obviously like what he did in Buffalo, but man, this is an interesting uh, renovation project he's undertaken. Look, I feel like if given enough time, I can talk myself in or out of any player in the NFL. I feel like I can paint the scenario in my head as to why they're going to be successful or why it's not going to work. But this is truly one of the toughest ones because you can squint and see it either way. You can squint and say, hey, look, Daniel Jones has got to go. You know, he started out this year terrible. You have uh, a great back in Barkley. You have an improved O-line. You have receiving options that are good, finally. Um, you know, outside of maybe a tight end, like you said, which could mean Bellinger uh, holds value in this offense. Underused at San Diego State because they're a run-first team. But the dude can catch passes, although starting out on the pup in training camp is not the best way to, you know, jumpstart your career or anything. But Galladay, we've seen, had success. Uh, he just looked lazy last year to be honest with you i don't know that all of it's gone but his fire to play last year was gone he took plays off he looked lazy i don't know any other way to describe it and i've seen i've seen that dude run through a wall in wyoming at elevation against josh allen in the wyoming northern illinois game like i've seen him do it so it, i think he was just drummed down by that bad coaching staff last season that's willing to you know run it up the gut on third and 13 or whatever from their own goal line that was just pathetic um so, you know, Tony had those huge breakout games. One against Dallas in particular was enormous. He's going off a wide receiver 49, a wide receiver five in dynasty right now, which is crazy. Saquon is still at RB 10, but there's questions about him. You're absolutely right. Uh, I'll say this. I probably, if I had to put a hard line on it, I don't buy into Daniel Jones. I do buy into Saquon. I do buy into Tony. I probably don't. I'm probably done with Galladay. I think Wandale has potential uh, wide receiver 73 is probably a little too low for him. I would rather take a shot on him. Uh, Bellinger, I'm probably just not going to have too much interest in unless it's a deep, deep tight end premium league where you're taking flyers. But uh, what do you think about this giant situation, Chase? Because there is a, a lot of questions, and I feel like everyone you answer, everyone you ask has a different answer as to whether they think this is going to be able to work with Daniel Jones or not. So I'm going to start with Bellinger just because you finished off with that and it's fresh. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bellinger is super interesting, right? Because we see tight ends every single year. They get pumped up because of their touchdowns, right? They get pumped up because of, you know, the, the touchdown percentage. And although some people are, you know, love that aspect, some people can't stand it. The people that love it, right? If, if Bellinger catches four touchdowns, five touchdowns, six touchdowns as a rookie, like, how high is he going to be up on some of these people's rankings next year? Where are people going to value this guy? He could have 400 yards receiving and six touchdowns, and he could probably be fringe tight end one in terms of dynasty value. So, Ballinger, like, at his value now, sure, like, do I think he's going to perform at a high-end level where I'm going to start him from week to week? Probably not. Am I going to start him a single week in 2022? Probably not. But... Am I going to look to move him if he ends up having a big season? And can I add, end up getting a significant return return on him in 2023? Like, oh my God, like he should have you like chomping at the bit to try to acquire him as cheap as you can get him right now, which I mean is practically nothing. Uh, in terms of this offense, what Dable started to do with Josh Allen in order to maximize his efficiency was he started bringing down the average depth of target from year to year. Uh, in what is it 2018 he was sitting at 11.5 uh, average depth of target 9.7 9.3 9.1 uh, in last year's uh, gave him easier throws gave him easier throws he spread out these short uh you know short stature type receivers who were able to get open and then he had one bigger receiver somebody like a gabriel davis to get downfield of course stefan Diggs still got downfield and whatnot but when we talk about like spreading out the field allowing Josh Allen to use his legs to be able to generate six yards, 
seven yards on first and second down. So it set him up with easy third down conversions. I think that we could see that again with Daniel Jones, as long as he's in, doesn't get tripped up by the turf, of course, you know, or end up fumbling the ball. So the turf monster will get you. Yeah. Like we've seen Daniel Jones just attempt these, these third and longs time after time. And sure. Like they ended up having to run it up the gut on third and 13 up against their goal line. But I mean, it feels like every single third down was a third and long. So how many plays did they have in that playbook to be able to, to call a passing play on third and long it, you know it was just putting daniel jones in bad situation after bad situation we've seen dable's results with josh allen and how he was able to groom him and get him into a better situation as time went on and now they have the perfect receivers in order to do that darius tony is a beast at getting open in the short to intermediate range wandell robinson can get open uh, in most cases in short to intermediate range. We obviously have to see that at the professional level. Certainly Shepard's another guy who has a tendency of getting open when he plays in the slot. You know, they use him a lot on the outside, but anytime he's played the slot, he was a different animal. I mean, last year he was a monster playing in the slot. Um, and then you have Kenny Galladay, which I'd much rather see Colin Johnson on the outside than Kenny Galladay to, oh. to stretch that field. So, I mean, are we going to see <laughs> Colin? Johnson? I like Colin Johnson. He's my guy. Uh, I, I hope that we see Colin Johnson, but uh, you know, he could be on his way out of the NFL here shortly. Either way, uh, when it comes to this offense, I'm actually investing in Daniel Jones pretty heavily because of those reasons, but even more so because Saquon Barkley, uh, Brian Dable, ever since he started coaching, I believe it was in the early 2010s, uh, maybe late uh, single digits over there. He was actually very efficient with the running backs. Uh, he only had one really, really good running back, which was Jamal Charles, maybe Chris Holmes. The other, guys that he had were guys we've never heard of essentially. I mean, and he was yet, he was still able to turn these, these running backs into valuable options. I mean, even with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, you know, two nobodies, it wasn't anything amazing, but it was still better than we would have seen in most other offenses. Sure. We can credit that to, to Josh Allen, of course, but I think that Saquon Barkley is now finally going to be in an offense where they maximize his utilization, especially in the receiving game. So if they can end up increasing his efficiency in the receiving game, sure, he might not see, you know, 100 targets or something like that. But give me 60 targets, 45 receptions, and that's going to have monster, monster consequences for your fantasy opponents in 2022. Yeah, see, I feel like, once again, I could talk myself into circles on it, specifically Daniel Jones, whether he's going to be good or not, because I thought he was way better than Haskins coming out. Everyone freaked out when uh, he went out, he went ahead of Haskins and then neither one of them played well. So, you know, uh, I, I, I can, I can see it. You can squint and see uh, the potential for Dan Danny Dimes because he runs a lot and, and it's just, it's efficient for what uh, Brian Dable does. So uh, my second one here that I want to bring up is uh, the Atlanta running back situation. I just want to know, what is Patterson? Is he a running back? I know um, just reading the athletic Josh Kendall on his roster projections, listening to him as an RB. And I know there are many platforms that took him out of wide receiver completely and made him an RB, but they went out and they got Tyler Algier. They signed Damian Williams as well. And Calvin Ridley got suspended. So now your number one wide receiver is a rookie in Drake London. Who's number two there? Zacchaeus. I mean, seems like it should be Cordell Patterson playing more wide receiver than running back because they have guys that can play running back. We've got a lot of love for Tyler Algier, who's currently RB 54. Patterson is RB 45. So not even an RB three. If he is playing running back, I know he's old, but he hasn't taken running back hits like other guys have because he's been spent all of his career as a wide receiver before last year. Uh, and Damian Williams, who like, if you squint look and if Patterson is going to play more wide receiver, which I just, I don't know. I don't think he is. I think most people consider him an RB, but if they did go back to that, who would you give this starting job to Damian Williams or the rookie? Damian Williams would have to get that job at least to start. I think at least more, he would be on the field on passing downs for sure as a pass blocker versus Tyler Algier, who's playing linebacker at BYU two years ago and doesn't have a ton of experience. He played both in high school, but more uh, linebacker in college than running back the last two seasons. So um, this whole, this whole team is a mess to me fits. Do you have a lean you're going? Is it a void because it's gross and Mariota is the quarterback and nothing looks right in Atlanta right now? Or uh, are you taking a flyer on uh, Algier or Patterson or anybody here? 
Bugs, can we just put your Texas guy, B. John Robinson, on this team right now? Ooh, and, uh, wow. you know, like, just clear out the whole room and have these guys compete for, for a backup. Like, I mean, I, I think Patterson's time is kind of running out. And, um, you know, like, maybe they milk a little more value out of him. But uh, his efficiency was just plummeting toward the end of the season at running back, like 2.4 yards of carry over his yeah. last four games, I think. So, and like, if he's just a pure receiver, I don't really see any fantasy value there. He's not going to be like a thousand yard guy. He's going to be like maybe a 500 yard guy. Um, so I'm not really enthusiastic about him. You know, Algier, an okay, an okay prospect. You know, I just, yeah. maybe, maybe he falls into some opportunity there this year, but I don't think he's really a guy you're uh, falling over yourself to trade for. And, uh, you know, Damian Williams is really old, too. So maybe he's maybe there's a little bit of one year value there, but that's about it. So I'm I'm pretty much uh, turning up my nose at this whole situation. Is it, Chase, is there anything to like here? Is there a single thing that you like about this uh, scenario in Atlanta? Oh, man, I absolutely love it. I love Tyler <laughs> Algier for this year. I am not a fan of like competent plotters, right? Like that's not who I normally gravitate towards these slow guys who can grind it out like Benny Snell type players, but Tyler Algier is a little bit of a different animal. I understand that, that he might not have played in, in the best conferences and whatnot and had the best competition, but he's still first in the NCAA with 23 rushing touchdowns in 2021 first in the NCAA in yards after contact for 2020 and 2020, uh, 2021 fourth in the NCAA and missed tackles forced in 2020 through 2021. Uh, I mean, this guy is just the perfect candidate. If he had a little bit more burst, he'd be the perfect candidate for the wide zone run scheme, which is what they're trying to run in Atlanta. But with a mobile quarterback now, they don't have to worry about that burst. They don't have to worry about They'll that defensive end. It's yeah. going to freeze linebackers and freeze the, the defensive end that's coming around from the weak side. Typically the wide zone run scheme is primarily focused on, hey, chop block the guy on the back end, but just in case there's a linebacker that blitz off the weak side or the defensive end doesn't get chopped, uh, that that running back needs to get out of the backfield as quickly as possible so he can find that, that hole and he can get upfield. That's all that matters. Once you end up hitting that line, if somebody's still there and there's a little hole, you better hit that hole with ferocity and you better end up gaining two to three yards if you do get taken down. Well, Tyler Algier is not going to get taken down in this situation. He is absolutely a monster in terms of being able to create yards after contact. Is he going to end up having a bunch of breakaway runs? No. But could we see him have a over, what, 4.5 uh, yards per carry, you know, in terms of efficiency levels and being able to get that 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 chunk yardage. Absolutely. Tyler Algier is going to be a monster in this offense. And whether it's Marcus Marriott or Desmond Ritter here, I think that he's going to succeed in terms of Damian Williams. We're talking about a guy who hasn't had over 500 yards rushing in a season. He's been in the NFL for what, eight years or so. Uh, he's a pass catching back. So I could see him in third down situations, but I mean, if Tyler Algier ends up catching fire, if he ends up getting hot, I don't know who's going to stop him. Yeah, I mean, it's just an ugly scenario. It's with Marcus Mariota, too. So you see, like, what you want, Atlanta has one of the worst defenses in the NFL, so what you want this team to do is run the ball, control the clock. So, honestly, it's probably going to be a disgusting mix of all three of these guys, and no one is going to come out happy uh, about it. But I do think if there is one guy with the most upside, it is out cheer. So uh, I, I guess I would I would say that in terms of this, but I think overall probably just not something I'm really messing with. Um, let's uh, let's talk about our last ones. We're kind of running short on time here. So we'll just lay out uh, the, the ones that uh, we want to talk about third, and then I'll go to each of you. So we'll start with with you, Chase. Uh, what What is the last one you want to talk about here? I mean, this is kind of similar to Arizona where we just don't know what to expect, but the Dolphins, right? Are they going to be a dynamic offense? How is Mike McDaniel going to deploy uh, the offense? Who's going to be in what situations? Are we going to see Jalen Waddle play the Brandon Ayuk role while Tyreek Hill plays the Debo Samuel role? Are they going to kind of going to split things? And what is going to happen with Cedric Wilson? Because Cedric Wilson was kind of forgot about, right? He's he's probably so far down on the list when it comes to ADP, like what 70s, 80s and ranking in ADP. Uh, it's it's probably absolutely atrocious. But the thing is, is the Kyle Shanahan offenses, the offense that Mike McDaniels is likely to bring over, 
it, it thrives off of having a guy who's six foot, six foot two, 200 to 210 pounds, who can play possession on the slant routes over the middle, get you nine yards to 10 yards per reception, just like clockwork, because then they can they run brought these in gadget Sanu plays. today, too. They which did? Is, yeah. Oh, which that's is even grosser. Right, yeah. dude, he's out. He's out. He's there for training camp. I don't even care. He's out. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, they need that guy. They need that that physical type receiver. I mean, and then, although Cedric Wilson's not a physical type guy, when you think of him, you think slot receiver, but he still is 6'2, 200 uh, pounds, maybe what, 205 by now. I think 200 pounds is his rookie weight. So you could see this guy. You could see Cedric Wilson absolutely finishing as a top 36 wide receiver. Even if Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill get theirs, the question is, is how often do they run the ball in this offense? Because they got a bunch of injury-prone running backs who haven't been able to stay healthy uh, since they came into the league. So how much can they expect to run it and still be cu- or still stay efficient with the running back room? Uh, uh, so, Pat, your quick thoughts on Miami, and then what is your last one you want to bring up? Yeah, Chase mentioned it. Um, first of all, I'm glad he touted uh, Cedric Wilson, who I was just talking up on the Fantasy Pros flagship pod as as like mm. great late round values. Uh, you know, he's like the the handcuff wide receiver almost. Like if anything happened to Hill or uh, you know Jalen Waddle, look out. Um, and that is exactly it. like it. It's a Mike McDaniel. If he's bringing over the San Francisco scheme, it's like you know the the wide receivers are the sexy guys in this offense, but they're going to run the ball. If it's, you know, he's truly making this a 49er style offense. And like, that's a lot murkier of a situation. Uh, what, what's the last team you want to talk about here? Or the last subject. Oh, the Denver pass catchers. I mean, since everyone's been waging war on Twitter all off season about who's <laughs> the guy to own Jerry Judy or uh, Cortland Sutton. And, you know, I, I think we're going to start to get answers here in training camp in the preseason. Also, I mean, we know Tim Patrick's a useful guy. Does KJ Hamler have any value? And uh, what to make of Albert O now that he has finally been decoupled from uh, Drew Locke after several pro and college seasons? It's so interesting, too, because like we said, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore literally next to each other in ECR. So are Judy and Sutton. Sutton's 23, Judy's 24. So both just inside the wide receiver, too. Uh, Albert O is getting a lot of love. Tight end 14 right now. But also we heard that him and Dolkic are competing in camp to see who the guy is. Remember, new coaching staff. Uh, they drafted Dolkic. They didn't draft Albert O. So that's their guy. Uh, so, um, you know, and KJ Hamler. Was a nice downfield threat at Penn State. Obviously, he's had some injury stuff. And Tim Patrick won't go away. You know, he is in there, you know, messing everything up for these guys the last couple of years. So, Chase, do you have a strong opinion of the Miami situation here? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's tough to to lean one way or the other in terms of, you know, which route you want to go with these guys. Uh, honestly, I, I think it's almost a, a coin toss to an extent. But... I can understand investing at the right cost, but aside from that, I'm not really throwing too much more at it. I like that. So, so many people like, uh, you know, so many analysts have expressed like certainty about how the Sutton Judy thing is going to work out. I'm with Chase, man. I'm yeah. I'm kind of like agnostic. Like I, I feel like my instincts are pushing me toward Judy, but like, I don't know. I, I could be. I'm well, Sutton totally... has done it before. That That's yeah. the thing to me, Fitzy, is Sutton has done it before. We've seen him have NFL success. We haven't seen with Jerry Judy, but Judy hasn't gotten a fair shake. He hasn't gotten, he's been with Drew Locke. Drew Locke sucks. I'm sorry. Like, you know, uh, I, I wanted him to be good. He's got a rocket of an arm. Maybe they'll make him better in Seattle. He was no good in Denver. And so, Ju- I mean, Judy missed half the season last year, the yeah. high ankle right off the bat. And then, you know, he wasn't he wasn't right until what? In December? terms of prospects, there's barely been any that I've seen that were more ready to jump to the NFL than Jerry right, Judy. Right. So it's surprising that he hasn't had the success. So I guess I would lean more towards Sutton, but I'm with you guys. I see a path to success for both of them. Uh, so I just don't like my answer is Javante Williams. I think Javante is going to have yeah. a huge season. I don't like Melvin Gordon at all. They let him be a free agent for two months before they signed him two days before the draft. I think it's Javante here. Oh, he's taking uh, shots at my Wisconsin guy. All right. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Chase, what, what, what did you say? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Javante Williams over here is college jersey right on my shoulder. I think yeah. he's going to have a massive season. 
Yeah, that's right. I thought you were raising your fist at me. I was like, what are we doing? Oh, no, I was, I was trying to do an awkward <laughs> point, but it's really difficult to do on like when you have reverse screens on the camera. Yeah, I still, reverse screen. Yeah. Three or four years and I still have not gotten used to that yet. Same, I still point same. the wrong I side every do time. this when it's supposed to be that every single time, yep. every time. Uh, the, my last thing I want to talk about is like we got some last chances for QBs here that this is, I mean, I say that in QB, anyone drafted in the first round always gets an extended look. To obviously we see Mariota and Trubisky in situations this year where they could be the starters. Carson Wentz is still getting a shot. So I say this, that this is their last shot. Someone will pick them up. Baker Mayfield is in uh, Carolina now, but I think we have some last shots. I think this is it for Tua. He's currently QB 17. If he doesn't get it done, they're going to be looking for somebody else. I think um, Zach Wilson, who we talked about a little bit earlier, same deal. Uh, QB 20. It, he's got all the weapons. He has no excuses. And this is an impatient fan base. And not only in New York, but also living through Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. Uh, they're going to say they're cursed or something if Zach doesn't work this year. Tannehill has been moving downhill steadily. And they drafted his eventual replacement, it looks like, in Malik Willis. And they're not that different. In less than a full round difference, eight spots. QB 23 for Tannehill. 31 for Willis Mayfield versus Darnold 29 versus 37 in ECR and Jameis Winston. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many more shots he can get. So we've seen him lead the league in passing. We've also seen him throw 30 picks. So uh, I, I just think a lot of these guys are on their last legs here. If I had to choose one to succeed, I think it would be Tua just because all the weapons are around him. And I still hold out a little belief in Tua. I know people don't like the arm strength, but that would be my guess. Uh, Chase, do you have any favorites out of this group? Do you not like any of them? What do you think of uh, kind of last chance for these QBs? So it's kind of funny. Like, you know, we're talking about Carson Wentz right earlier in the show mm -hmm. and how Washington was trying to surround him with these weapons. You know, they have Curtis Samuel. They have Terry McLaurin. They drafted John Dotson. You know, the, the team that actually did that right was the Saints. You know, they go out, they get Jarvis Landry, they get Olave, uh, Michael Thomas. You know, we don't really know what's going to happen with him. I think he's practicing right now. So I believe he's he a little bit playing. Yeah, he should be fine. Um, you know, Jameis Winston is set up to crush this year. But when we talk about in a division opponent that we don't really know what's going to happen, the Carolina Panthers with Baker Mayfield, with Sam Darnold, that one is messy. Like we have Sam Darnold who we – think knows the playbook uh, question mark um you know he tried to bring in cam newton to replace him last year how can he be trusted at all you know and then baker mayfield like this offense is pretty much predicated off of passing downfield outside of the numbers we know that baker mayfield does have arm strength he's one of the the better arms in the nfl but outside the numbers he's just not accurate and so yeah. when we talk about delivering accurate balls outside the numbers it couldn't end up being just a, a giant mess over there for carolina um, you know, it, it's interesting to see what could happen with Matt Corral because of the schedule itself. I mean, it's brutal, brutal over the first like 11 to 14 or so weeks of the season's brutal. And then I believe they end up having a bye and then a super easy schedule after that. So if Matt Corral can actually put together, um, you know, a, a decent set of games, if he does get the opportunity later on in the season, um, you know, both those guys could definitely be gone, but Corral could be a, an absolute steal right now because everybody's off. I saw him dra dropped in almost every single one of my dynasty leagues, even two quarterback leagues after the Baker Mayfield trade. So the only reason I wouldn't be into him this year would be because of this is it for Matt rule. Like Matt rules getting fired. So I don't think he'll put a young quarterback just to see what he has because he won't be there next year. But who knows, you know, if they start out 0-4 and they've given both these guys two starts, it might just be, well, screw it. Let's see what the kid has and, and throw him in there, you know. So you just never know uh, in terms of some, some of these situations. Fitz, uh, those QB situations, do you agree that it's kind of last chance, at least in those spots, for all these guys? Or do you think someone could have a bad year and stick there? Oh, I definitely think a lot of these guys are looking at their last chance, Boggs, because look, and you got to consider this in assessing the long-term dynasty value of these guys, mm -hmm. because look at the class that's coming in in 2023. A lot of these starting quarterbacks this year are going to be involuntarily clipboarded <laughs> next year yes. with, uh, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Mayonnaise and his coffee, Levis, <laughs> uh, you know, Anthony Richardson, Tyler Van Dyke, 
uh, maybe Spencer Rattler. Like there are so many QB prospects in next year's class that, I mean, there is going to be a wave of competition and, uh, you know, the weak may not survive. The, the herd is going to be thinned out next year <laughs> for sure. It absolutely is. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And look, like like Chase said at the beginning of this, we could go for another two to three hours. We could look at every team and go through their big storylines if we could, but we had to narrow it down because we just have about an hour here. But Chase at FF underscore intervention on the Twitter machine. Thank you so much for stepping up and joining us here. What do you have coming up? And uh, uh, just let everyone know where they can find all your awesome work. Oh, man, I, I can't release what's happening right now. I have something in the works right now with uh, my good buddy, Jacob Sanderson. I can't talk about it yet. We have to wait until the later first week of August or Gotta the second get week the of August. the approval of so. the government uh, yeah, to pretty unleash much. this. Unleash this. Yeah. I'm excited about it. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we'll be having a... Uh, We'll be having some stuff going on, so I can't release that yet. But if you follow me on Twitter, the announcement will, will most likely be on there. Plus, we have tons of stuff coming out with Trophy Smack. I mean, the draft boards are live right now. We just got draft boards in, so they're being shipped out. Uh, massive trophies, of course, champ chains. We just had the, the SFBLA, which is Scott Fishbowl LA live draft, which was insane. I mean, we had uh, the, the names, the list of names were, were absolutely nuts of the people that we had there. Over 50 people in the industry drafting all together. It was crazy. Uh, and then, you know, the stuff with Fantasy Intervention and our live shows over there, we're still doing on Wednesday nights with, of course, Shane, Jacob, and myself. You know, we got to have both y'all come back and, and, you know, do a little guest spot for us again. Absolutely. That, that'll that be a great time. At Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine for Fitzy. What do you got coming up, my man? Well, I'm going to be busy trying to uh, crack the code and figure out what uh, Chase and Jacob <laughs> have going on because uh, two guys that sharp, like I want to know what they're they're up to now. Um, so I'm excited to to find out about that. But uh, yeah, we're just doing a lot of season planning right now for Fantasy Pros, and we're going to have some uh, amazing content throughout August. I mean, I think it's probably as far as number of articles go, it's probably our busiest month of the entire year. Help people prepare for their drafts. And then uh, we're going to have a lot of great in-season stuff, too. So be sure to uh, check it out at Fantasy Pros. Absolutely. And look, you can find me here every single week. Obviously, I do my uh, stages on Discord every single Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Probably have to change that once the season starts. Uh, I think I'll be doing those with Joe in season. So we'll see usually Wednesday evenings to do that. I'll be doing the college football betting show with Thor Nystrom for betting pros coming up during the season as well. And of course, all my stuff over at In This League, two hours of live streaming a day, uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, plus our ITL fantasy football, fantasy baseball shows, uh, ITL college football, the individual defensive podcast with Gary Davenport, CFP winning edge with Nick and Xavier. So if you want to hear me, I'm around. Just check out at Bogman Sports so you can see all of the, the stuff that I'm involved in. But that is going to wrap it up for us. We hope you guys enjoyed this, and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 